All right. Welcome to Soccer Gods Podcast. We're back. Episode two. What episode is this, Brian? Numero dos. Episode number two. So we're back. Um, Got some cool stuff to cover this week. Brian, why don't you just right quick hit them with that contact info. I'll help you out if you don't know it. Twitter. What is our Twitter? All right. I'm going to take over. Uh, hold on. <laughs> is it a uh, Instagram? Uh, I guess it's at the at. Sy- I'm gonna go ahead and say there's an at symbol ahead of that thing, but I can't remember if it's like Twitter. I'm not a social media well, guy. Hold on, I think I got Soccer it. Gods Podcast. The Gods is spelled G A W D S. So it's Soccer Gods G A W D S Podcast. Soccer Gods Podcast. Uh, Gmail. Same thing, right? Soccer Gods Podcast at gmail.com. Twitter. Yep. What's that? It's a uh, real Soccer Gods. On Twitter at Real Soccer Gods. Again, everything and sorry if my throat's crazy. Uh, all things gods would be spelled G A W D S. Um, we're not doing. Yeah, we can't. Um, we can't spell. So. Yeah, we can't spell. Um. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get into some stuff this week, and then we'll be back next week to recap whatever happens this week. Um. Again, we are not freaking breaking down anything from like a highly analytical standpoint. Um, so just back on up. So if you think that we're like coming on here and going to like, I don't know if you're expecting uh, Mike and Mike in the morning, oh, who's like a real good analytical team that you, what, Dan Patrick show. I don't Mike and Mike. Pardon the interruption. Mike and Mike, Dan Patrick. We are so not at that. This is fans perspective. And we, we mess up on a lot of stuff. Oh yeah. I don't, uh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're half the stuff we're, we're talking about is completely made up bull crap. We don't even know if it's real or not. Uh, so, yeah, coming at you completely from a pan- fan's perspective. Um, one cool thing I do want to say is on our Instagram feed, we have three. Should I say it? I don't want to let the cat out of the bag. We have three Real Salt Lake players, Real Salt Lake um, players following us. Um, suck on that, mofos. And it's one of the coolest <laughs> things ever. Um, we are uh, diehard San Jose Earthquake fans, uh, previous season ticket holders, etc. But, dude, man, coming through. Santa, or the shout, Real out, Sa- shout out to Real Salt Lake. Dude, it's awesome. And we're going to keep it up. And we're just going to keep it up, and we're just going to keep it up. So we're going to go through. Let's first get into um, what's on the docket. USA v. Mexico. We're not covering, again, not an analytical breakdown it of that like BS. so far. I know. Ago. It seems like way in the rear view, but we do a show once a week, and we, we stretch way back. So we're going back to Sunday, I think that game was. Um, USA Mexico Azteca Stadium. I don't know. Hit me with your thoughts. Yeah, right dude. Quick. I had I had the prediction of two one US. It was a little off, but yeah, it was a, it was a good game for the US. I mean, they never have they won it. Well, they haven't won a World Cup qualifier. The last Azteca. time they won there was uh was a one zero one zero yeah two thousand twelve yeah yeah. So I mean, they played. You know, they tend to play defensive on like really good teams, and they kind of did that with a counterattacking style, and it worked. I mean, they got the goal they needed. And, and what they, a goal that freaking A. Dude. Michael Bradley, I what mean, in God's name was that thing that he freaking shot? That was gorgeous. Dude, he was probably the best U.S. player out there. He had hit the post in the second half. Yeah, yeah. On but, a volley. But yeah, that goal, dude. Yeah, that thing. I mean, he picked that up in the midfield and just, I mean, it was like he just pulled out that nice little pitching wedge from his – actually, it wasn't even that. It was like kind of driven. Yeah, it was a driven driven chip, dude. Yeah, it was It was gorgeous. Granted, um, what's the uh, Mexican keeper? It's Guardado? No, 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 no. See, we, we can't even hurt him. Guardado? No, 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 no. I can't remember. Anyway, he was cheating. For sure. But regardless, Bradley hit that thing so perfectly. Honestly, I could not believe that's such a rare goal for 
uh, a United States player to score. I mean, we're just not a country known for that style of scoring ever. And then for Bradley, Michael Bradley. But I guess if you're going to... Was Guillermo Ochoa... Oh, what was I thinking? That's right, Guillermo Ochoa. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, even like... I don't know. You tend to not see that a lot in soccer, and because half the time the dudes aren't looking up, you know. Oh right, yeah. You have to have the combination of them looking up and the goalie being caught off his line. Yeah, that all the. I mean, there's so many factors at play, and then you know, get it's. Yeah, I mean, that was just. Oh yeah, everything there. Five or six things had to go right, all within the span of you know five or six. You know, not even that a second or two, and and it just lined up perfectly. Michael Bradley, yeah, popped his head up. And then uh, drove that shot in from all 40 yards. And it was just, I mean, so gorgeous. It's probably it, one of the better U.S. goals I can think of. You know, like, mm-hmm. not, I'm not talking about, like, World Cup, like, the like the on-the-line kind of goals, but just pure, you know, goal. You right, know? Not, not, in, not, not impact goal, yeah. but just basically, like, purely from a, uh, like, wow factor type yeah, just goal. Just taking all that away and just looking at the goal at itself. I yeah, that, that was such an amazing goal. And, um it was funny because, like, I think Pulisic, Pulisic um, stuck his neck way out there a couple, like, a week before and said that the U.S. was going to win. Yeah. And uh, before the game, the uh, – and I'm really drawn a blank. I'm not feeling good, folks. Uh, but the who's the guy that does the commentator – or commentary um, in, in – um, the real famous – goal, that guy. I can't even think of his name right now. The guy that's on Fox Sports? Yeah, and he, and he called the game today, the Confederation game. But anyway, but um, anyway, he, he held a newspaper up during, during the pregame for Mexico, U.S. Uh-huh. And uh, in, the, in Mexico, one of the big, big newspapers basically said the American dream, uh, Pulisic. Yeah. And it was a kind of play on work. Like innuendo is basically like uh, Pulisic is our American dream. Like he's our great hope. But it also is like he's dreaming. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the yeah. American dream. He's yeah. dreaming they'll beat us. Yeah. <clears throat> but I'll tell you, man, when he sunk that, when Michael Bradley sunk that goal, you know, all of, what was it? It was like 10 minutes in, not even yeah. six minutes, six minutes. Was it six minutes? I think so. Yeah, yeah, six minutes. And I mean, like, you know that they were freaking out. They're like, oh, yeah. crap. And then uh, I swear, it, it, I'll be damned if I didn't hear che- like cheers in the stadium. I know that the Mexicans were mad as hell, dude, but I were, swear I heard some cheers. Dude, there were, yeah, there were some U.S. fans. I don't know, maybe a thousand U.S. fans. But like, not even that. I mean, like, larger than that. Like, well, I, probably, I, they were probably impressed by the goal. I, I mean, true soccer it, fans. Yeah, yeah I give them, you know, I'll, I'll give Mexico credit. Like, dude, Chicharito today, man, he scored a beautiful goal. I mean, you got to give goals credit, dude. Well, we'll get yeah. to that. And yeah. then what, so what, remind me again, who was the other, who scored the other goal um, Vela? In, in that game? Oh, Carlos Vela. Thank God. You know what? Carlos Vela, talk about, I am so happy to see him back, dude. I loved him when he played for uh, Arsenal. That dude is so cool. He's so good. He scored some of the most gorgeous, intricate goals when he played for Arsenal. I mean, he didn't score a lot, but he did score. Yeah. And he created, I mean, he had a great touch, just great control of the ball. And when he was coming, when he was coming up uh, with Arsenal, I was just so impressed. And then, and then, uh, and then uh, it was just one of those things that, um, to see him back, I guess he just kind of showed up, and I, I have no idea if I'm reading this right, but I guess he like kind of just showed up in the Mexican training or something like that. Basically, he literally know. just showed up, and he's like, "I'm here." Or no, he showed up at a conference. And, but anyway, long story short, is he's back. He's like, "I can play now." I well, can they, I mean, dude, they they need him. You know, he's a good player. When they don't have him, mm-hmm. you know, they miss that guy that on the wing that cuts in like he did. Oh, that's right. Uh-huh. He was on the right. Cut in, kind of beat Beasley, which I'll tell you though, it's not Beasley's fault. He was looking for help. He was, he was looking for help. And if you saw, like, that, that's the thing, man. Omar Gonzalez, I really like him, but dude, his his soccer IQ, and this is, I guess, the most analytical I'll, I'll kind of get. It is not very high. I don't care what anybody says. He might have won, you know, the the title with Pachuca or whatever. That dude is missing some 
connections in the brain sometimes when it comes to size. and I and huge fan of his. Yeah, he's a good player, yeah. but but he's he he needs the. I mean, like it's someone's, actually kind of it, someone's got to step up because, like when like Beasley's by himself, dude. You either you go two ways: you make him go down the line, or you make him go towards the center. He made him go towards the center, and nobody helped him. Well, no, dude, they all just sat and watched. Omar Gonzalez literally sat and watched, like yeah. legitimately did not do it; just literally watched. And uh-huh. I was like, "What the heck?" And so, yeah. And then you know he cut in and and t- took a good shot. Whatever, I get it. But you know, and congrats yeah. to him, one one. But. Um, it's just frustrating. Those goals can be stopped. Yeah. I mean, that, those can be stopped. Those are like if you're little serious, brain farts. Yeah, you're playing in Europe. I mean, that there's going to be guys, you know, charging him, trying to take him out. There, there's no way he's going to get a clean shot like that off. You know, no, it, it'd take much more than just a simple cut in and a, and a you know trying to beat the keeper low. Like it's whatever. Yeah, good so. teams don't let that happen. Um. So anyway, yeah, finishes one one. So they each got a point. Yeah, qualifying. US good third stuff. place. They got it. According to the. What the stats? They have a ninety-one percent chance of qualifying. That's good. I mean, they sco- They got. They took uh, five points out of uh, nine, I guess, which is eh, I mean, whatever. Yeah, so they have. Yeah. So they're one point behind. I think Costa Rica, mm-hmm. and Mexico. Mexico is way ahead of everybody. Yeah. But I mean, if the U.S. win these next two games in, I think September, they're, they're looking pretty good. It's pretty, yeah. yeah, it's pretty clean. Yeah. Hopefully, it, it would suck, man. It would be a dark, dark day if, if the. I know it's uh, last game. Yeah, last game came. Dude, in it's the US not like um, like if the U.S. misses like the World Cup, it's bad. You know, you see Netherlands sometimes screw up. It's okay because they're a soccer country, and the fans will always be there. But if the U.S. missed the World Cup, dude, that'll be devastating oh to the God. fan base. Yeah, because yeah. we're such bandwagoners, and we only in the United States we only yeah. support winners, and it's a crappy kind of a deal we got over here. But um, yeah, we only support winners. We only support teams that are winning. We only support uh, you know, so- it, it, just like the Olympics, right? Nobody gives a crap about swimming. Olympics come around, Michael yeah. Phillips you tearing hear, it up. You in don't the pool. hear nothing. Yeah, all of a sudden everybody's got like, you know, oh, I'm going to go swimming. You know, like everybody, all of a sudden swimming's all the rage. Gymnastics is all the rage. Yeah. And it's just crap. It's basically just us American bandwagoners just latching on to a winner and basically saying, you know, he's American, so we're part of it. It's just this like low-hanging fruit mentality of like, you know, you, if you're a real fan of something, you go through yeah. the low times. Yeah, you, you just know? look at look at um like baseball for instance. The Rockies they've sucked for a long time. Fans they don't go to games. Nope. This season they're really good. Sellouts every game. Oh, uh, Warriors! Hello. I know that Warriors a bunch of bandwagoners. I'm not trying to hate, but you know what? Dude, we talked about ton. this, and not to get too much into other sports, but like basketball. The Sacramento Kings in the early 2000s, like 2001 to 2003, sold out every game like two seasons, three seasons in a row. They had the loudest. Like most boisterous, most popular fans in the league, and like, I mean, nobody goes to those games anymore. Sucked for the last like eight or nine years. Yeah, and everybody was like, "Oh, I'm diehard Kings fan," and you know, like it was one of those things where you know, fights in the parking lot because I love my Kings so much. Now it's like, who even goes? Who goes? You know, that's what's impressive about like EPL, dude. Hall City or you know Sunderland, you know, they don't do too well, but the fans always come. And there's always something to fight. But well, the thing is, is like those teams. Over in Europe, especially, you know, those really, really, like, localized teams, uh, the stadiums are right in the residential yeah. areas. Like, you look at Liverpool, people think of There's Liverpool no as this dude. big commercial yeah. team. But, dude, if you look at the stadium and where it's situated in Liverpool, it's literally right in a residential. I mean, like... Like, houses, st- like, right across the street and yes, stuff? Yes, yeah. many rows of, yeah. you know, and it was all working class. And it's one of those things that generations of people uh, grow up attached to those homes, or those those teams, and support those teams. It's literally, hey, my great grandpa supported, you know, Millwall. My grandpa supported Millwall. My dad yeah. supported Millwall. I support Millwall. And yeah. it's it has, I mean, it's so far beyond. Um, it's so far beyond 
um, just being a fan. Um, it it's goes like in with, their blood, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on though, let's let's uh, let's hit up what happened um, today. So I don't know how much you watched of the Confederations Cup today. This there was two games. There was uh, Portugal v Mexico, and Chile v I want to say Cameroon. What did you think of the? Um, what'd you think of the uh, Portugal Mexico well, game? That was obviously the marquee. I missed the first half. I kind of fell asleep. I didn't wake up yet, but I guess there was some um, controversy with the video assistant refereeing. And uh, what Ronaldo Ronaldo had a beautiful play where he he ran down the line and he set up uh, Ricardo Quaresma for a, just an easy tap in. But see, that's that's the new Ronaldo. You know, he's not going to be the dude who's just running. You know, just he's trying to expand his game. And dude, putting him just dude, you can just put him at the top, be number nine from now on, and he's probably the best number nine out there. You well, know? yeah, and I'll say well a couple of things that you touch that you kind of touched on. We'll kind of hit hit him all, but. One thing is, is like Cristiano Ronaldo in the um, episode last week. Uh, for those of you listening, we we were well, and well, it'll be ongoing. But it's like that we addressed um, the our stance on the Cristiano Ronaldo versus Messi, who's greater kind of debate, whatever. Um, but yeah, I just want to point something out. So that pass that he made to Quaresma today, um, so he, you know, he threaded the defense perfectly, set him up. And, you know, a lot of people would look at that and be like, that's just an easy pass, you know, right through. You just have to have the vision. You kind of keep your head – you put your head up once, boom, and you pass it. Dude, there, that goal – I mean, how many times in the last season or two of, like, the EPL or even La Liga, it's like you're not really seeing that a lot. Dude, your head's down, and they just go – keep going to the – Yeah, and the, and the thing is, is, like, it's deceptive because there are a lot, a huge amount of top-flight players who would screw that up. Yep. Or they wouldn't even see it in the first yep. place. And then you get the pissed off dude who is basically going, I was wide open the whole time, right? So when people, you know, Ronaldo just makes it look, he literally, Ronaldo turned and made it look like it was just like some throw. It was it was so simple to him that it didn't even actually look dude, impressive. Like, and that's his curse, dude, that yeah. people take that for lack of lack of talent. Dude, I, I, mean, I know, dude, the pass was just, the, the pass he made. It looked like he didn't even care. That's how easy it was for him. He just slipped it between the defense. Yeah, I mean that's old. It's just to him that's fundamentals. Yeah, and that's he just still a practice. Has, that is a practice right there. Yeah, right? and and that's the thing people take for granted with Ronaldo. He still possesses a lot of the fundamentals, even though you don't see too much. Because really, what he does is he's just a big body. That's you know when he gets the ball, typically he's shooting, going for uh, you know diving for a foul. I get it, uh, or attacking in the air. So you don't see a lot of the. Um, yeah, the fundamentals come out because it's just there's not much. Um, he's you know he plays for teams like Real Madrid, right? Who are so dynamic that usually he, he's the last one to touch the ball right. and it goes in. Yeah, but when you see he has to come up and kind of do some you know set, do a little bit yeah. of playmaking, whatever. Yeah. Guess what? Because they don't have that for Portugal. Yeah, he feeds Quaresma with a perfectly yeah. weighted pass, perfectly weighted, cuts right through the defender, right into Quaresma's stride. I mean everything, and, and these are fundamentals. It doesn't look fancy. But there were so many ways, so many ways for that simple pass to be screwed up, yep. and he didn't do it. And yep. and how many times does he make that pass? That's once in a blue moon he makes that pass, and he does it perfectly when he has to make yep. it. So people who take for granted his skill or his uh, uh, goal scoring and say, oh, he just scores goals you know, with, with his right foot, he just got a rocket and blah, 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 whatever. Dude, the, he's got skill just because you don't see it every day like Messi. Uh, doesn't mean it's not there. It's latent. It's there, though. It's, it's, it's definitely there. So. Latent. Yeah, yeah, like a lot of those, um, like you'll see, instead of you know him passing it, like it'll say in like just the EPL or whatever, the guy will just dribble it, dribble it, dribble it, keep going down the line and try to get a shot off, and it'll go over the net, and it'll go wide or get it blocked. Oh, yeah. for a goal kick, you know. 
Yeah, just a runaway train going straight towards yeah. the end line, and then just at the last minute, it's like bail out everybody, and really get the you know, and then There's somebody no tries one. to hit a crossing, yeah. and it just it's a mess, it's a catastrophe. So um, that was interesting, and then uh, yeah, um, uh, Chicharito's goal is beautiful, Dude, nice yeah, diving header. That was header. a beautiful header. Yeah, very, very, so, very nice. So apparently, I don't know if this is true or not, but Louis Van Gaal sold Chicharito because he like missed some easy open net shot, and he was frustrated by it, and he got rid of him. I, I don't think, remember the scenario. Uh, <laughs> that's what I heard, but I'm not. I'm not sure if it's true. But man, you could use someone who could finish in front of the net like that. You know, you don't need to be the best, the biggest, the fastest, the strongest. But he's good in front of the net, getting open space. Yeah, I mean, I knew that, well, when he was there, he wanted to leave. He didn't like it there. Well, he because he didn't play much when you know the right. end of his. It, to me, though, I mean, that was a good goal. And I get it, but I mean, to me, he's a one-trick pony. I mean, it's kind of the same way I feel about like Wondolowski, where it's like. Basically, with the exception of your occasional really nice goals, it's a lot of just tap night. in, tap in, tap in, taking advantage of basically everybody else's work, and then you basically are the one, the human being, you're the physical mass there to hit the ball. You know, um, and I just think there's not a lot. I don't think he has many attributes, to be honest with you. I mean, I just don't. Oh, I don't think he was good enough ever to play for Real Madrid. And- no, I don't think so. I don't think he was good enough to play for Man U, to be honest. With you. I, I honestly don't. I mean, he's just not nearly as good as. I mean, what happened was, is always when he went to Real Madrid, he was or uh, Man U, he was scoring goals quickly right when he started. But do you remember the types of goals he was scoring? Easy, just no, garbage you, track. No, oh. literally balls hitting him in the face. Do you I remember, remember? I remember that one. Yeah. I mean, like a legitimate. Yeah. There was a if you. I think it's the first. He goal got he ever nailed scored. him in the face and it just knocked him over. Dude, again. he kicked at the ball. Yeah. The first goal. I and think it's the first. The, he kicked at the ball, missed it, it and it bounced face. up and hit him in the literally yeah. just smacked him in the face and went in. And then he's like celebrating, like I just scored for Man United. It's like, yeah, yeah but I mean, again, it's literally you're just physical mass. The ball just hit you, like. Yeah. But whatever. I mean, he did score some great goals, though. Otherwise, um, and then yeah. So and then um, anyway, that game today ended up two two. Um, could have been, could should have been really three. Th- it's actually interesting, right? V- the video, the VAR video assistant, video assistant r- replay. Um, Already, like playing a factor, it's uh, you know that Pepe goal was disallowed uh, in the Portugal Mexico game today, and it's funny because it's like already it, we're talking as opposed to a win, we're talking now it's a tie, yeah, right? I didn't I didn't see that one that highly. What happened? Um, the Pepe goal, it was if I remember correctly, I want to say it was like a Ronaldo free kick, basically if I remember correctly, and basically um, I think it was just a rebound, and then and the Pepe, yeah, and um. It's just interesting. It's like right out of the gate. There you go, right? It's like, boom, they call offsides, and next thing you know, it's like 0-0. And it's interesting, too, watching the players stand kind of just at midfield and like do-do-do, twiddle their thumbs what's and wait. What's going on? Yeah, what, what's happening here? What's going on? And, uh, okay, boom, no goal. Boom, no, and you're like, oh, wait, okay, run back down and take yeah, a free kick or, yeah. you know, whatever. So it's interesting. But what I will say, though, is, is um, it's going to ultimately really help the game. I mean, because if you think about it, right, you're avoiding already. You're avoiding what could be so. Like say Portugal one three two right. Uh-huh. Mexico's super. Pri- well, think of it this way. Think of this, dude. Mexico's go- um, coach. Um, and again, I'm like, I need to get Juan Carlos Osorio. Okay, Juan Carlos Osorio. Right. He is like, he he's American educated, which the Mexican fans hate. Right. Went to college in the United States. Uh-huh. He's he's a bi- he's a um, polarizing coach. Half the fans already hate him. Every single game you coach for Mexico, if you win, lose, whatever, your head's like on the chopping block, right? Like, say you yeah. say you win, but you're supposed to beat freaking America Samoa 10-0 and yeah. you beat them 1-0, you could get fired, right? So the interesting thing about that is, is like, if if that goal goes in, Pepe, that goal is allowed, and then um, uh, Portugal win 
you can then have uh, Asario on the chopping block and be like, crap, you were in the Confederation Cup, lost our first game, blah, blah, blah. Now it's a tie against the best team, quote unquote, you know, yeah. whatever, uh, in the world. I mean, they're not, but the finger. Because they won the European Yeah, just they're the most recent winners of a big tournament, right? Yeah. And now they got a 2-2 tie, right? So yeah. it's like the whole perspective has changed in his favor yeah. uh, based time. on the video replay, right? So it's like it really – and then on top of that, you're not having this big controversial stuff spill over. I'll tell you, though, headlines are going to be a lot less <laughs> uh, entertaining like the next day yeah. because like now you're not going to have the – the ball was three feet over the line and and what a – you know, fire this ref and stuff. So – but, but it's pretty interesting. But dude, with the offsides, I think I think this they should change it to where there has to be daylight between the defender and the forward. Yeah, I swear the, that's always how it's supposed to be. Because like, dude, you're seriously you're okay. leaning you're leaning forward. Yeah. And the guy's standing straight up. Yeah. Like, well, if your feet say yeah. say your feet are planted in the same spot, yeah. But yeah, your torso yeah, is just leaning further forward. Yeah. And and my thing is is like I thought that that's how that was supposed to be. I don't even know where I heard that. Yeah. But I mean, it, clearly it's not. But yeah, I think so too. I think that if you're um. I think that if you're basically your bodies are overlapping at any point, if your bodies are overlapping at any point, I think that you yeah. should be able to go. Yeah, it should be that's, that's a striker's be, advantage. It's yeah. like keep the game going, dude. Like ah, yeah, that's dude. That would make that would make it a lot clearer. Yeah, if there was it has to be daylight because there'd be daylight. You know, yeah. other times you know the guys like barely tied off. You know, uh-huh. it's just, uh-huh. I don't know. I just they need to fix that. No, I agree. I agree. Um, so anything um, or anything else to take away from the Portugal game? Are you surprised to see Ronaldo's like up and at him? He's he's really going for Dude. this Ballon d'Or, man. He's not letting that Dude, car go. That guy, he's after this tournament, he's gonna have a. He's gonna crash. He's gonna do no preseason at all. He's, he's gonna, gonna sleep yeah. for five days straight. He will, yeah, he will start a week before whatever league he's gonna be in. He'll start training again. He'll, he's gonna take time off. He needs to take time off. He's yeah. gonna, you know. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. I'm it's, surprised. No, I, I am too. I mean, the guy is just like go, go, go. But you know what he's doing, right? It's, a, it's, it's another title for him to win potentially. Um, it pads his stats. It's gonna help him, you know. And he's, like, I'm a team. This team is like, give me a break, dude. Like you want the trophy, so he's gonna get that trophy. Hopefully, right? I mean, I don't think they will, but say they get that trophy, then he's basically even a more solid lock for the blow. Yeah, another another title. That, then he's yeah, yeah, and then he gets the player of the year. He's tied with Messi, and you know his life can continue, you know whatever, and he can be happy and take some time off. But um, but yeah, super interesting, super interesting. So um, other than that, the other game was. Um, and we'll just quickly Chile and Cameroon. Yeah, two zero. Do they Chile dominated? I I'm surprised they only scored two goals. They had lots of chances in the first half. There was an offside goal. I think there was actually a uh, Cameroon goal early. Oh on. yeah, it yeah. It was yeah, it was a foul on Vidal. Vidal, I don't know, he fell. I don't know if it was a foul, but they called a foul on the Cameroon forward, yeah, or defender or whatever. The goal scorer, yeah, and they, they took it back. But yeah, the um, what was it? I forget who it was for Chile scored in the first half, and. There was pretty sure there was. It was one of those where like, he was leaning in front of the Cameroonian defender. Right. So half of his body was on one side, and his legs and everything else was lined up with him. And they called that offside, and it took yeah. it took like a little time, like over a minute, to like figure that yeah, out. Yeah, because everybody was confused, and it was right before halftime. Yeah. And yeah, they weren't happy about it. Yeah, didn't have too much effect on the game though. Yeah, so. they, it was it was an easy win. They should have scored a lot more. There, it's weird because. There's only really two stars on that team. Yeah, but they play so well together. Alexi Sanchez didn't. Uh, he, he, got, subbed, he didn't. He didn't start. He subbed in. Yeah, he. I don't know he, if it's he got hurt too. Did he? Yeah, he Instagrammed a picture of his ankle or foot. Oh, oh man, back. what's it with his ankle? He got his. Uh, you remember the? Um, what was it? The, uh, not the Gold Cup. 
It was the um, they were playing Copa America. Copa America, and he got his ankle all jacked up when they were playing Argentina, and it was like he he same thing. He yeah, Instagrammed a picture yeah. of disgusting. It was nasty, yeah. All right, so moving on from the Confederation Cup, um, kind of current events and stuff. So Cristiano Ronaldo, um, interesting, right? So so Messi uh, gets sentenced to twenty one months uh, for tax evasion for. 4.1 million euros. Basically, Messi and his father were convicted, found guilty of, of basically uh, uh, hiding 4.1 million euros from the uh, from the tax man and got busted. Uh, was, they were throwing 21-month sentences, but I guess in Spain, anything under 24 months, and you basically just serve it. Yeah, down. there's no jail time. You don't really do much. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's just a slap Live on your normal scene. life. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's funny because like a buddy of ours said that like, yeah, but not to be outdone, <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo now is being... Um, uh, accused. accused of hiding 14.7 million so 10 million basically more than Messi because it's like god forbid <laughs> Ronaldo dude, hides less than 4.1 million euros so dude, I don't, it's it's crazy dude honestly I don't like I mean remember what you're talking about like like last year he said he doesn't even look at his bank account he yeah. has no idea how much money he has dude he posted um a tax return I want to say for one year it was hundreds of millions but yeah, he posted. He's like, I got nothing to hide. But yeah, he did. He said in an interview a couple of years ago, he's like, after a certain point, he's like, I just don't look at my bank account anymore. He's like, because there, there's nothing. I mean, he's not buying billion dollar things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, what? I mean, what? I'm going to go spend 100 grand on clothes and jewelry. Why am I going to look at the bank? I know. I mean, like, I, I know, have. He's not a billionaire. It's yeah. Like, come on. But I mean, like, I have hundreds of millions. Like, yeah. I know it's covered, right? Yeah. And so, like, you know, he's very much trustworthy of his inner circle and stuff, as it seems. I have no, he, allegedly. If, if, he's, if he's found guilty, he needs to fire some people. So my thing is, is if he's found guilty, this is basically, you know, three times what Messi was found guilty for. Um, does he get three times a sentence? Does does Dude, he, I think nothing will happen, honestly. I don't think they'll, they'll arrest or he'll go to jail. Well, my thing is, like, with the Messi case, it was interesting because Messi's father handles everything. Yeah. And it's really hard to dispute, okay, me and my dad yeah, handling my yeah, fantasy. Yeah, that's a lot more shady. Than- yeah. And I don't know specifically who's handling Ronaldo's finances, but I, I, I know who his like personal manager is. It's that little guy. Um, I can't remember. His brother manages a museum. He has a bodyguard. But I think Ronaldo's got a team managing something so there's probably a great very you know big larger degrees of separation or more degrees of separation in this case than there were with Messi. so he's probably insulated from this a little bit but who knows but my thing is like dude he gets 24 months or over and is it that does he do some time in prison i don't know i mean what could you imagine house arrest I don't know, dude. I don't even know. I mean, could you imagine? Could you imagine dude, Cristiano Ronaldo send it, and he's got what three, four good years left in him? Probably that'll be the end that's of if he's does the Drogba's Laton thing and yeah. post, you know sustains. Can you imagine, dude? It's like that's crazy, man. Like that would just that'd be the end. That'd like, be the end of it, dude. Yeah, there's no way. I mean, I mean, he could go to maybe China or something, but well, I mean, either way, it's just like that's so sad, and and uh, and we'll get to the the transfer stuff, but that I think that is having a big. Yeah, in, in the end, I don't think anything will happen to him. I hope not. It would just it's, be such a shame. It's weird. Dude. Teams, teams. I mean, like if you're playing professional sport, dude, your team, general manager, then all them lawyers, they should handle all your stuff. Right. You know. Right. Just to be safe, because that's probably how it happens in the U.S. I'm sure. Dude. Yeah. They have their their owners or whatever. They have lawyers and handling yeah. all their crap. Well, you know, it's just like in my thing too is like Ronaldo is a. Um, you know, he's a worldwide figure and he helps a lot of people out. He donates, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But he does things like there's kids in third world countries that legitimately 
one like that he's one of the things that they like that little boy in syria yeah they literally look up to him and like i oh yeah like he had that plastic ronaldo jersey yeah yeah exactly and it's uh that was messy messy. but but regardless like ronaldo i mean there there are kids literally in war-torn or third world or whatever countries that i mean their only way out might be to play soccer might Mm -hmm. be to play cricket might be to whatever but my point is is like they need figures like Ronaldo and like Messi, whatever, to aspire to. And yeah. it's like you take them away. You're not just like getting your little ten million or what or fourteen million euros back that yeah. he can pay, you write a check for. Yeah. Like you're 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 having an effect on kids. on kids around yeah. the world for real. Like I mean like they will be crushed. Yeah. I mean a legitimate, tangible effect on small children. It's that's the that's the really that was with Messi. That was the same thing well, I felt the same way I felt about Messi. Yeah, I remember watching that video of that he mean him meeting that little kid, it was like yeah, you reach a certain yeah. level, and I'm not saying it's for every athlete. I'm just saying, like, Michael Jordan, like, there's certain athletes where it's like, and I'm not saying they should get away with murder. Oh, let me put it this way. There's cases, like, just in the UK where that one girl who, um, she was a doctor, or I'm sorry, about to be, like, a heart surgeon, open uh, heart surgeon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She stabbed, and I want to say killed or even, or very, very no, badly she, I hurt. I think she killed Okay, yeah. very badly hurt her fiancé or something like that. The judge said, look, you're a one in a million talent in yeah. terms of like, we don't have many people who can perform our open heart surgery. Yeah. I'm not comparing open heart surgeons to athletes. I know that open heart surgery is much more important. Yeah. My point is though, is, is there are ways of looking at. There are factors to be lenient. On. Right. Yeah. That go beyond. I mean, basically this girl is going to get off uh, uh, or get away. You know, she's going to escape this basically prison sentence yeah. because she's talented yeah. and she's, you know, a, a open heart surgeon prospect. Yeah. That's like, you know, whatever. <clears throat> anyway, maybe she was practicing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So, um, actually, Brian, can you turn that light on real quick? Let's get some light in here real fast. We're going to hit some more current events here. Hopefully, you're sticking with us. We're rolling right along. Uh, Christian Rello, tax fraud. Uh, yeah, let's. we'll hit some trade rumors. We're going to circle back to Ronaldo. But, dude, bummed to find out. Griezmann, dude. Antonio Griezmann. Antoine, or Antoine, Antoine Griezmann. Dude, I, signed to 2022 with dude, Atletico. It's weird how Atletico Madrid, they make the mistake. They signed... It's weird. They signed like so many... like All these players didn't come to Atletico, but they signed lots of players under the age of 18, and they got caught. Yeah. And they made this mistake. Griezmann didn't do nothing to them to cause them to make this mistake. So he... Decides to be faithful to his team, even though they're the ones that messed up. Yeah, this this right here, this so, and this real quickly. Atletico Madrid is basically they're they're going through a transfer ban right now because of some um, shady tactics during <clears throat> some prior acquisitions and stuff. So um, talent like uh, player acquisitions. So they're being punished. <clears throat> and Griezmann, uh, you know, he was looking to get out, possibly go to Man U. It's his favorite team. Yeah, but that got squashed, and a lot of it had to do with this transfer ban and stuff. And now he's. You know, on the hook for Intel 2022 with freaking Atletico Madrid, which I like. I like them, but just sucks. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, but um, yeah, because I mean, his favorite player was Beckham. He wears a long sleeve jersey. He's number seven, and this was this was it. This was the opening. Manu doesn't have a number seven jersey, and there's been rumors, I don't know, for the last couple of years, of him coming, and this was the perfect time. But now it's like, now Ronaldo wants out. Supposedly, I'm not sure yet. What? But yeah, supposedly. Um, sorry, sorry, I just took a hit of Afrin. My nose is all. If you can hear it in me. <clears throat> but yeah, so um, it sucks, man. It oh, um, it'd be nice if if Griezmann went to Man U, but whatever. Who cares? Screw him. Moving on. Ronaldo. He's not gonna win anything. Yeah. 
So Ronaldo, allegedly being scared out of Spain by this tax fraud case. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, I, dude, it's got to factor in. He yeah, wants to probably. go to Man... Allegedly, and I'm not saying allegedly, like, I don't want to get sued. Nobody, not We're not big enough to... But no one. <laughs> I'm just saying allegedly because it's not proven yet. But, yeah, yeah apparently there's a, there's a top um, reporter over there in old Europe saying that um, uh, Ronaldo wants out, wants to go back to Man U. My theory is that he wants to get the hell out because he's afraid of this tax thing and he wants yeah. to go back where the fans love him. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't seem to trust Real Madrid. I guess apparently he calls it on and said he he wants to leave. And like, hopefully it's not. I mean, he just signed a contract last November, so I'm sure it's not to get another contract because that'd be stupid. Because it's not even a year yet. And right. So it has to be like you said, the tax part and also the part like his fan, the fans at Real Madrid. I think they're kind of spoiled. You know, they always get the good players. Every good player always. wants to play for Real Madrid. And they tend to boo him when he's not playing good in a game. And Man U fans never did that. And so he, like, recently said that that's one of the reasons why he loves Manchester United, because the fans never booed him. Well, he said that all along. He's, he's always said that the fans in, in uh, Manchester treated him like, basically, God, basically had nothing bad to say. They always... They just treated him unbelievable, or as he said, like yeah. the the unbelievable. And then he says that over and over for everything. But basically, um, yeah. So um, Man United fans have treated him unbelievable. But Spain's a tricky one. So Spain has, um, and they have had for a while, just a just an economy that's in the absolute crapper, right? And yeah. so <clears throat> one of the problems over there is is they have this expectation, right? So in Spain, you know, Real Madrid especially. They the fans expect and demand the best players on earth, right? How do you get the best players on earth? You pay a crap load of money to get them, right? Mm-hmm. But then the fans say these these football players make too much money and they just play a sport, and yeah. they're bitter, they're mad. So when you play badly, um, they get pissed real quick because they're basically like you're living off the you know basically off the fat of the or I mean uh, you're living uh, high and high and mighty here. Yeah. And you're you're taking all this money and stuff, and then you suck, and the rest of us are all, you know, we we basically are all broke, and we turn to you to give us entertainment, and then you suck, and so there's a lot of really like uh, big word here, socioeconomic stuff going on, and basically, um, yeah, some fans feel, you know, a lot of people feel, and there's a really deep, obviously, this is like preaching. I mean, everybody knows this. There's a deep connection between the 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 fans in uh, Real Madrid. I mean, in Madrid to Real Madrid, and then the, the connection between the fans in Barcelona to uh, Barcelona, and and so you know they feel ownership, and in Barcelona, obviously, quite literally, but they feel ownership um, of the team. You know, they feel like they're a part of the team, and they demand you know excellence. Well, the thing is with Real Madrid and Barcelona, they buy players just to buy players sometimes, and oh. they don't always pan out. And they spend a lot of money. Look at Gareth Bale, dude. They spent like he was the biggest at the time. I don't know if he still is, but he was the biggest transfer fee ever. At that time, yeah, yeah and so. what after the World Cup, Pogba bought, beat him, huh? Pogba has oh, yeah, beat him Pogba, since, right. yeah, and then James Rodriguez, same thing. They yeah. bought him because he had a good World Cup, and they barely play. That's the thing with Real Madrid; they, they always tend to buy what's hot right now. Well, and we talked about that before, but yeah, it's like it's one of those things where it gets frustrating, and there should be like a rule against it. But Real Madrid, Real Madrid, a big time, will literally buy players specific like these. Guys who are like really, 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 really good, but maybe not like starting eleven Real Madrid good, but really good start on any other team on yeah. earth, right? But then they'll bench them just yeah. so nobody else can have them, yeah. and then they can afford it. It's so stinking frustrating, and there should be rules against that. 
And maybe next week we'll get into financial fair play and stuff because that's an interesting topic. Uh, yeah, like when your bench is more than the starting 11 of Getafe, there's yeah. something wrong, you know? Yeah, it's absolutely just in, infuriating. And I think that, like, you know, back in the day they had Michael Owen sat his butt on the, you yeah. know, it's like, come on. You're like, you know, there there have been two iterations of the Galactic, the true Galacticus. There was early 2000s and then, and then you know, 2007 or 2009 is when it started this latest um, group Trend. of them. But dude, it just sucks watching these great players get bought up, bought up, and everybody wants to play for Real Madrid. Everyone wants to play for Barcelona, and they basically they just like say buy him and send him on the bench. Yeah, and it's like players are okay with that. It's just insanity, and so that's, there should be rules around that. That's one thing about U.S. sports I like. Every I say almost like ninety nine percent of the teams have a star, they have a star on their team. But in the what, Real Madrid, they buy all the good players from other teams. So you have other teams like Valencia losing all their good players. They like they lost David Villa to Barcelona, you know, and then it's just it's just crazy. And then the and then the career kind of just peters out. Like yeah. my that's what's frustrating to me is like, dude, you got like basically, you get these players who, it's like they're never the same. You go to you go to Barcelona or you go to Real Madrid and either you just destroy yeah. and become legends. Or you've been to the mountaintop, you didn't perform, yeah. and you just basically have this black mark on you because it's like, oh, you couldn't get it done at Real Madrid, Barcelona. Yeah. And even if you're super good, like I look at Cesc Fabregas, I look at Pedro. Pedro, dude, Pedro, who's on uh, Chelsea right now, used to play for Barcelona. That dude was, I have, him and, and, and Di Maria, who played for Real Madrid, I always felt they were underrated. I had the fortune of seeing both of them play in person. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Pedro, watching that dude run live, like down the field live in real life, was the craziest thing I've ever seen in all my life in a sporting event. It literally, he ran so fast, it looked like his feet weren't touching the ground. He literally looked like he was floating, just levitating down the field. And that guy, um, Pedro, um, barely ever cracked the starting 11 and then won all kinds of stuff with with uh, Barca, but then gets, you know, moved on to Chelsea, whatever. And in my mind, I'm like, that guy, to me, should have been starting the whole time. He yeah. was that good, you know. And and then it's like, to see a guy like that sitting on the bench, I'm glad that he freaking got out of there, yeah. you know, because um, it's just a waste of talent, you know. Yeah, so they, Yeah, they buy good players and they sit them. If yep. you're not, like, the best of the best, you're going to ride the bench. So, yeah, so back on the training stuff, um, yeah, Ronaldo, it looks like, allegedly wants out, wants to go to Man U. Uh, that'll be interesting to see what happens. They're gonna have to pay crap loads for him. But reporting. it's crazy. They better not. They better not ask for a hell of money because well, man, you gave them a good deal. So the figure I saw is 175 that's, million that's, pounds. Yeah, that's a rip off. Yeah, and then oh, especially considering his age. And then yeah. on top of that, it looks like it's not going to include De Gea, but it will include the option. Basically, a you can buy De Gea from us, which I'll tell you right now, oh. I would not take Ronaldo and get rid of De Gea. I'd no. keep De Gea. All day long, that dude's got so much upside. Yeah, you're he's buying like 25 a, or something. Dude, he's the best goalie in the world. Yeah, he's 25 years old. That dude, if you can get him to stay and he's happy, what are you thinking? Why would you give away David De Gea for Cristiano Ronaldo? Like, I don't get it. Yeah, because it's crazy. Because I mean, Ronaldo's good, and we'd like to have him. But De Gea, it's hard to find a good goalie that doesn't make mistakes. Dude, he is a rock star. There's I only mean, a handful. Yeah. There's only a handful of good goalies gonna, in the world. Yeah, who are you going to replace him with? Only. And, and, he, and David De Gea, it sucks, man. Man, you does this, man. They do. Who made David De Gea what he is today? Manchester Freaking United. Manchester United. Yeah. Would he have developed that way under any team in Spain? No. Nope. 
Hell no. Because I remember when he first was here, he he wasn't that he was making mistakes. Oh, dude! And they were like, "Welcome to yeah. the EPL." And he yeah. get knocked over on corners because he was lightweight. Yeah. And he and he uh, maintained his composure. He's like, "Look, I'm going to slowly put on muscle mass. I'm going to learn the game. I'm going to get more aggressive." And dude, he's just fantastic. And Ronaldo is wonderful, dude. But I'm talking just. If, and, if Ronaldo was in his mid twenties, okay, but he's right. not. Yeah, you got to look long term. You got to look past two years it's in selling jerseys. Yeah. Like, it, it's not worth it. So you know, 175 million pounds. You buy Ronaldo, great. You get the money back just in jerseys alone. I get it, right? Boom. But you're gonna then have to sell David De Gea, and it's just like, oh man. The only way I would say okay with that is if they turned around and bought Gianluca Donnarumma. Mm-hmm. That's the only way, or Jean Luigi, sorry. Uh-huh. That's the only way I would say, but do it. Other than that, no, no, that would be a horrible mistake. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's one of those things where, dude, it's it's like you can't bow down. Real Madrid is trying to bully it. You can't let them bow. You can't bow down and let them bully you because that's what they're doing with Morata. They're charging this insane amount of money when the dude never started. He was the backup striker to Benzema, and they're charging. They want eighty million for it. That's a ripoff. Yeah, well, I mean, it's because, but that's the thing. It's like, Man United's in this really wacky spot where they just made the Champions League again. They got to figure out this Laton issue because he's gone soon. He's already got an ACL. It's on the, yeah. you know. And then Pogba, it's like Pogba, you, you basically you have this dude, right? You have Pogba who is still developing a little bit, but he's good, right? You need he's to build really a team good. around him. Yeah, you got to build a team. It's like, here you go. You yeah. got Pogba. Yeah. Build the damn team around him. And, um, Ronaldo's not the answer to that. I'm sorry. I mean, you if he's included with other players, yeah, yeah, by himself, no, no, Ronaldo. I mean, because Pogba will not even be 30 yet when Ronaldo retires, probably. Right. Yeah. So, anyway, we'll see how that goes. Um, we'll, we'll keep hitting up the transfer rumors, and we'll talk Man U and EPL forever and ever. Amen. Um, so, let's get some more current events. Sorry for my ruffling of the paper. Um. Uh, Dude, so I, I got a funny current event for you. And, and anybody who's listening to this, there's no way you know this unless you do. I mean, if you do, props, but it's a funny one. So for those of you who uh, know the name Paolo Maldini, mm-hmm. if you guys are listening and you're, oh, I heard it. And you're too young, oh, okay. And you're too <laughs> young to know who he is, look him up. One of the greatest defenders that has ever played the game, ever, in the history of all of soccer, ever. This guy is phenomenal. Um, to this day, there's a picture from the 94 World Cup of him and uh, Roberto Baggio. Like, basically, it's this old poster that just, I'll never forget it. My, but my best friend growing up, Derek, had it in, uh, in his upstairs in his bedroom. And it was the coolest picture. And it was Maldini and Roberto Baggio um, just friggin' doing work. Just, like, you know, fighting hardcore on the field. It was just so cool. But the picture spoke a thousand words. Anyway, 49-year-old Paolo Maldini, right? He's 49 years old. He is actually set to make his pro tennis. tennis debut for the ATP. I can't even believe it. Um, so Paolo Maldini, I guess, has been playing uh, tennis for five, six years. Uh, he's been, I guess he earned a wild card spot through kind of a satellite tournament recently. Uh-huh. And it's a double. So he plays with a, he plays with his coach. And they legitimately won. Um, and they're going to go play in this uh, ATP Challenger Pro Tour event in Milan. So it's an actual ATP ATP event. Uh, he made yeah. He and his um, he and his coach made it, and his coach is of course you know singing his praises. Basically, like if Paolo had started you know did this instead of soccer, he'd have been one of the best in the world. <laughs> like come on, but um, but yeah. So Paolo Maldini, I mean, life after soccer. He's starting his second career. He's forty nine years old, and he's gonna go. He's turning pro. 
in tennis. Like, who the hell would have thought? And That's I guess, crazy. yeah, his coach basically said that <laughs> true, true, like kind of Italian fashion, where basically like nothing stands out, nothing's like really like, oh, he does this exceptionally well, but then he has no holes. Yeah. So like, it's like your typical just uh, working man, just you know, kind of dogged tenacity. So anyway, uh, Maldini, hey, uh, you know, keep me posted if you guys. I'm not gonna follow the damn tournament, but. If anybody's probably be on some soccer website. Yeah, yeah. And if anybody finds out what happens, um, hit, hit us up on Twitter or whatever. Can you hit people up on Instagram? This is probably the dumbest question. Yeah, you can, you can uh, direct message. Oh, but that's it. You can't like, you can't have Twitter how you interact. No, and, you can leave quote, comments or direct messages. That's it. Twitter me, folks. Twitter me. Tweet. tweet. Um, next thing up, kind of cool. Patrick Vieira. Oh, dude. He, uh, he said he wouldn't, uh, be, what? He would, uh, if they asked him to coach, he would think about it. The U.S. Damn right, team. he would. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. So he basically said that, yeah, would be exciting. <laughs> it's funny how they like, there's a whole article constructed around the quote, would be, Patrick Vieira, when asked about coaching the men's national team, said it would be, quote, or quote, would be exciting. And they constructed a whole article about it, like calling. People look too much into it. Yeah. So, but basically, yeah, how do you build? He's, he's probably never thought about that. Until that guy. Taylor, Taylor Tolman asked him. Yeah. So, yeah. oh yeah, it was Taylor Tolman. Duh. Taylor Tolman, you're amazingly awesome and you're one of the funniest coolest freaking broadcasters ever and i'm absolutely pissed that your career ended early due to injury but i'm your loss was our gain because you're a a freaking awesome commentator and i love i love you and so uh anyway you can read into that anyway you want (laughs) (laughs) so uh anyway so yeah he basically said that um yeah he'd be able to coaching and he said that like a lot of coaches around the world would be like i guess down, it's a national team, right? Yeah, and on top I mean, of that, they're not a bad team. No, and the and marketing it's the US, dollar, the yeah, US. mega, mega money behind it, right? And uh, and so <laughs> anyway, so that's interesting to note. Um, who knows? Maybe one day when Bruce Arena decides to, I, I dude, I don't even care. He's a lifesaver, dude. Bruce Arena, he's my favorite U.S. men's national coach. I was, I had the pleasure of uh, kind of quasi meeting him, walking right by him. Um, Did you tap his tummy? Yeah, I tapped his tummy. That dude looks like an old substitute teacher. Let me tell you something. I w- we back in the day used to go to the dang near every San Jose Earthquakes game you could go to at the old Spartan Stadium. And back in the day, uh, that stadium was just like a basically like a high school football stadium equivalent. It's I mean it's a university, but you could go and the concession stands and everything. Everything's just right in the open, yeah. right in the open. And so one day I'm just going and we're at the game and I go get a hot dog or something and I turn around and literally walking with his hands in his pocket, just strolling around was old Bruce Arena. Nobody talked to him. That's how, dude, that is what drives me crazy about soccer, quote, soccer fans in the United States. Yeah. You're at the MLS San Jose Earthquakes game and you don't recognize Bruce Arena. Are you out of you? You need to be... That's a chop, as uh, Durr says on Workaholics. That's a chop. <laughs> so it's just like, it's one of those things like you need to know who he is. But basically, yeah, he's just walking around. You could have gone right up to him and just talked to him. He looked like an old, he looked like a substitute teacher. Do you remember when we were um, going to Spartan Stadium? We were driving next to Pat Onstead and he was in his Honda Accord and he parked like right next to us. Okay. Legend. That's a funny story. <laughs> so yeah, the, the the parking for the players, the San Jose Earthquakes, they used to just park in general parking. Yeah. And me and a bunch of our friends, Brian and a bunch of our friends, we were driving down. We look over and we get there well before the game starts. And Pat Onstat, who's the old goalie for the San Jose Earthquakes starter, and he was driving to the game. And we look over, we're at a stoplight, and we're like, hey, and we wave to him, he waves back. And we get to the game, and we're there at the stoplight, rather, and we're in a better car than he's in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was driving some broke down Honda Accord. But, like, um, who else would do we see? Brian Rob or um, Brian I'm going to see. No, well, Brian Ching we did see when he was injured. Oh, yeah, um, he was and we talked to him. 
But Brian Robbins, Robinson. Eddie uh, Robinson? Uh, no. Brian Mullen? No. Defender? Eddie. Brian Robinson. It's Brian something. Can't remember. I'm drawing a blank. But yeah, I mean, anyway, you used to see these guys. And it was cool. You know, uh, the Spartan State, some of the best soccer games and best experiences soccer wise of our um, puny little lives. To the early 2000s, the earthquakes were. Oh, dominant. Dude. Really good. Yeah, and we'd go and, and we'd go and drive to the San Jose Earthquakes Spartan Stadium. We'd show up um, before the game. And you could go sometimes, show up five minutes before you buy tickets. They're $12. $12. Yeah. Until they played the, you know, they play the LA Galaxy and they'd bump up to 25 and they'd open up the upper section. But um, I mean, we, we, we met. I mean, countless soccer players. We got autographs from all those yeah. guys and blah, blah, blah. It was a great time, man. Growing up was so cool having that access to that. Yeah. So, all right. Did you have a chance to do your top five for the week? Top five? Like so all we're time? Doing all time. Okay, we're doing yeah. top five defenders all time. And you can do in particular order, which should be the way you do it. Um, starting at five, we'll go back and forth. Want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Numero cinco, Yopstam. He's the Conor McGregor of friggin' defensive backs. He was an electrician um, by trade, and like rumor has it, Sir Alex Ferguson literally like found him playing Sunday league soccer. Didn't they, <laughs> in a didn't park. they get in a fight? That's why they sold him. Yeah, there was some drama there. But uh, yeah, Yopstam um, was when um, when Man U won the treble in 1998, 97, 98, 97, 98. Mm-hmm. 99, I can't remember. 1999, treble? No, it was 1999, 97, 98. Okay. Or it was 1999. So anyway, yeah, 1999. When, when Man U won the treble, uh, Yopstam was the center back. Big old, badass, bald dude. Um, ended up playing for like uh, Lazio and stuff. But great guy. So anyway, Yopstam, he's a beast. That's my number five. What do you got? My number five is Nemanja Vidic. Oh, yeah. That's a solid. Dude. That's a solid. Dude was a, you know, no one really heard about him. You know, when the Man U signed him, dude, one of the best defenders ever to play in the EPL. So he was from Serbia and... Montenegro? But just... Serbia? I think. Well, after they split up. Yeah, they split up, right. Yeah, I remember I was watching Serbia play somebody in the lead up to like the 2010 World Cup and they were rioting and they basically, during the middle of the game, it was getting so bad. The police gave um, Nemanja Vidic a microphone and he told him to shut and, up and went over and was like, dude, and he literally had to calm the fans down because yeah. it was getting so crazy. And there were still issues. Dude, they, Vidic would probably fight every one of those fans and beat them up, dude. Yeah, that, that dude was awesome. Um, uh, it's funny. So kind of segue from the earlier thing. So my numero four ties back Paolo Maldini, man, the guy just is, Dude. Freaking amazing! He literally played till he was forty, right? He played till he was forty. He played in like five World Cups, some outrageous amount of World Cups. The guy just never aged. Um, he was just fantastic. He could do it all. He, um, dude, he was. Dude, he, Italy produces amazing defenders. I don't legendary. Know I don't know what's yeah. in the water over there, but dude. Yeah. So you know, one-time World Cup winner um, uh, in two thousand six. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the guy was just fantastic. Super fan of his. I mean, massive fan. His dad coached under – he coached at Man City under Carlo Ancelotti. I can't remember. Anyway, his dad – Assistant coach? Yeah, assistant coach, I think. Yeah, anyway. All right, hit me with your numero uh, My four. number four was Fabio Carnivaro, another, oh, another Italian yeah. defender. Mm-hmm. Dude, that dude was I, short. I but, left him off my list because he's one of my all-time favorite players, but uh, I guess I could have put him on yeah, there. No, nah, I'm going to keep my list as is. Yeah, you can, he's special, so you, know, you yeah. can keep him off. So, okay, yeah, Fabio, Fabio Carnivaro is just like, oh, yeah, anyway, hit me if you got I mean, he's yeah, dude, 2006 he's, World Cup winner also. Well, he was the captain, too, I think. I'm yeah. Pretty sure. oh, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Dude, that dude, what he, I swear he was like, he went to like the NASL or something for a year or something. Shit, no, that was Nesta. Never mind, that was Nesta. I was going to say. Um, okay, so my, where are we? Four, three? Three. Three. Dude, everybody's going to, if you're a soccer fan and you've been a soccer fan for more than 20 years, 
everybody's going to have this dude on the list. I guarantee you do too. Well, maybe not. Roberto Carlos. Oh, my God. The freaking baddest ass. If you were playing any FIFA video game ever from like 1998 to like 2006, 2005, say 2005, that dude, you traded to get that mofo. Dude, he, dude that dude, he was like the beginning of the outside backs attacking, dude. Oh, yeah. No, totally. He shoot so hard. Endless dude. stamina. That guy could run forever. He had a rifle of a freaking shot. That dude was so good. He was so fantastic. And he has one of the all-time... Best goals. Best the, the free kicks. The, was it the World Cup final in 98? Mm, no, no, no. No? No, because they, uh, they lost 3-0. <laughs> dude, score. I can't even remember, dude. Yeah, so, uh, no, this was like... It was a, against France, though, right? It was. Okay. I think it was just France. So, if you don't know what goal we're talking about, just Google Roberto Carlos free kick versus France. It's the most free kick... To, I mean, literally, it's a 20-year-old goal that is still probably the best free kick that's ever been taken ever in the history of free kicks. It's fan... Fantastic. There's so much been on it. Yeah. You want to you want to share them the Roberto Carlos Ronaldo story? And since you're talking about Roberto, oh, Carlos, I'm gonna do it at the end. Okay. All right. So who's your number three? My number three is Alessandro Nesta. Alessandro. Another Nesta. another Italian defender. What? That's our the third one we've named so far. Yeah. You just freaking dude. That dude was amazing. Yeah. Dude, along with Cannavaro Maldini, dude, when they were playing together. Yeah, he was. He played on AC Milan yeah. when they were just stomping mud holes and folks. Yeah, they were the, they were the real Galacticos. Mm-hmm. Yep. They didn't buy all those players. Those players were like made there. Yeah. yeah. So my number uh, two, um, and one of the reasons that this guy's my number two, uh, just on top of the fact that he's just all around badass, and I always liked him, um, was during the 2002 World Cup. I we were doing fantasy soccer, ESPN fantasy soccer. And there was like 300,000 people doing it. And I was ranked 26 out of 300,000 for damn near the whole tournament. One reason was is because uh, I picked my peak. You could back then you could pick um, you could pick on your team who you were going to have score PKs. Uh So they got points for it. But if you also picked your PK taker anyway. Long story short, it's ultra rare to have a defender take PKs. And I chose Fernando Higuera. Oh, I forgot he, about him, dude. Yeah. Fernando Higuera. And he was the um, captain and center back for Real Madrid for a long time. When he yeah. left, it was really broken hearted kind of a departure. It was really messy and he yeah. was upset. They basically just cut him loose. But that guy was amazing. And in, yeah, the 2002 World Cup for uh, Spain, he was scoring for PKs. And he just, I mean, the guy, talk about getting fantasy points. But yeah, great guy. I mean, great player. Um, played alongside Roberto Carlos. I loved him. So anyway, that's my number two. I forgot about him, dude. He might have been on my list if I remember. Mm-hmm. But my number was number two. Yep. My number two is Paulo Maldini. You know, we've, yeah. already, we've already talked about him a lot. Yep. He's yeah, on everybody's dude, that list. That dude, golden. Yep. Those eyes. Dude, <laughs> right? <laughs> dude, those brown blocks. Yeah, those brown blocks. <laughs> so, um, all right, number one for me is, I just there's just nobody better for me than Danny Alves. I dude, just he's just the dude. He was coolest. on my list, and, and I remembered Vidic. Oh, I took him off, dude. Danny Alves, and again, it's one of those things. I saw Danny Alves play in person, and just some of the stuff he does. It's just dude, he's so good. Yeah, you're like, dude. You watch it, and you're like, because you'll be like, oh, I can play soccer. I can go kick a ball around, and then you watch him do stuff in person, right in front of you, and you're like, people can't do that. What you're doing, yeah. and maintain control in the field. Like it's just. He's so talented, so 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 talented. Mm-hmm. Um, massive fan of that dude. Yeah, so he's anyway. still, even though he went to Juventus, dude, he's still mm-hmm. he's still good. Yeah, that dude. Yeah, so that's my numero uno. All right, my number one. In my opinion, he's the best English defender ever, Rio Ferdinand. Oh yeah, there yeah, you go. dude. He's ugh, that dude was a rock for Man United mm-hmm. for all those years when they mm-hmm. won a bunch of titles. 
They they missed that for the past, I don't know, ever since he's retired. Yeah, remember his show? Uh, you got mucked. Dude, I remember <laughs> he what, pranked David Beckham. Dude, he freaking kidnapped him. Yeah, he David kidnapped Beckham. David Beckham. <laughs> yeah, David Beckham thought he was actually getting kidnapped by like terrorists, ran out of the car. Yeah, he got out of the like, limousine or something, and he started running down the street, in the it, middle of the street. Dude. Yeah, it did not work well. <laughs> but yeah, he's like, you got mucked, son. Yeah, that was, dude, that was funny. But Rio's always trying to do like, um, like I know him. He's always trying to like, he has that magazine. I think that was successful. I don't know if it's anymore, but dude's really social yeah. and uh, he's always out there and like staying active and stuff. So cool. his wife cool passed dude. away recently too. Shut like, your mouth. Why? She had cancer. Oh dang. I did not know that. Yeah. So it's been, it's kind of tough on him lately, but he's a good dude. Jesus he's man. A good dude. Well, thoughts and prayers, Dean. I know a lot of and so, on a sad note. No, well, we're going to, we're going to skip. So um, two things left. First, Famous uh, most favorite MLS goal, just one all time favorite MLS goal. I can, I'll you go first. I'll go soon. Dwayne Di Rosario against the LA Galaxy, the free kick. If you, uh, if you want to go on YouTube, we'll, we'll put. Let's do this. Can you post those on Instagram? I might. Be you able could. To, I might. You got to be able to. Oh, I could tweet let, it out too. Yeah, let's tweet it. Let's try and get it on Instagram because right. we get a lot of feedback there. So we'll put um, we'll put the Dwayne De Rosario free kick where he just basically kicked the living hell out of the ball, it's, but it was a it was an inverted. It was kind of like Roberto Carlos, but went the other way. Yeah, it's basically he he bent he curled the ball, you know he curled the ball as Beckham would curl it with basically the inside of his foot, and it curls you know in yeah. normally. But the way he kicked it shouldn't have worked he that the way. Crap yeah. out of the ball, and it dude it had so much bend on it. Yeah, like, if you see what we're talking about, you'll be like, okay, that doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. But it was gorgeous. My favorite goal ever because me and Brian and a bunch of people we were there. Um, was a really, really, really cool goal. One of the cool, coolest goals I've ever seen in my life in person was uh, this guy named Ronnie Eklund, played for the San Jose Earthquakes. And it was a free kick against the Columbus crew. And um, the free kick was taken by, like, Wade Barrett or something like that. I don't remember. And anyway, the ball bounced out, and basically Ronnie Eklund volleyed it, like one-timed it, just cracked it from, like, 25 yards out, and it just went up or V. I mean, it's just gorgeous. Really one of those cool goals that you're like, okay, that just – I'm glad I came for that. I thought, I thought it was he um, lifted it up like that. No, sure? no, yeah, sure? yeah. We can look it up. Yeah. You could be right. You could be right. Because I'm, yeah, I'm was, literally trying to recall off of actually just being there. I'm, I'm, that was – yeah, that was a beautiful goal. Um. All right, so last thing we're going to talk about is uh, we're just making a funny recommendation. So let's try and get our favorite goals if we can, and let's try and get this out. So um, just a, uh, a funny recommendation from us, uh, from your boys at Soccer Gods Podcast. Uh, if you guys want something funny to watch, um, Google wait, turn, <laughs> Google um, Cristiano, or I'm sorry, uh, Google Ronaldo. What should I call? I mean, if you just Google like Ronaldo gets hits and hit in the nuts twice in one game. No, just Ronaldo gets hit in the nuts. You'll find it. So there, when Ronaldo played for Real Madrid, <laughs> there was a free kick. There was a free kick when Ronaldo played for Real Madrid. Um, the Brazilian Ronaldo, the Ronaldo, yeah. played in in uh, early two thousands. He was playing, and and uh, I think Roberto Carlos. Yeah, it, was, it was both of the times. I think. Yeah, Roberto Carlos, or no, no, no. Um, uh, the opposing team, Ronaldo was in the wall. Yeah. Uh, somebody took a free kick and hit Ronaldo in the nuts, right? Yeah. Boom, blast him. Yeah. Down on the field, the other end, uh, Ronaldo, uh, Roberto Carlos had a free kick, and Ronaldo stood like to 90 degrees yeah. to the side. <laughs> Wait, and, it was like 20 feet away, too. Yeah, and this was in like five minutes. Yeah. And Ronaldo, and then uh, Roberto Carlos cracks a free kick, hits off the dude in the wall's hip, <laughs> goes 90 degrees to the direct right, and hits Ronaldo in the nuts again yeah. within like five minutes. And th they're laughing on the field, dude. <laughs> dude it's amazing. Was, yeah, that was one of the, probably the funniest moments I've ever seen in soccer, dude. That yeah. Was, like, like, he was okay. like, I'm staying away from this 
and he purposely stood over there just to not get hit and yeah. He was unlucky enough to, you know. Oh, dude, Ryan, you found the goal. That's funny. So, so Ryan's right. Yeah, they, uh, Brian's right. They flipped it up, and then boom, Ronnie Eklund hits it. But I'm actually watching it. It's gorgeous. And I'm watching this video, and I'm like, dude, we're probably in the stands. We are. We're for sure in the stands because we were right there. Oh, that is hilarious, man. Oh, that's great. So, yeah. okay, Brian found the video, and Brian was right. Um, they fl- um, they flipped it up. Like, it looked like maybe Richard Mulroney. Yeah, um, flipped it up and then basically Eklund just cracked it. But um, that's one of my favorite goals. So anyway, we're going to head out. Uh, we're both tired. So we're going to head out. Uh, this has been the Soccer Gods podcast. Remember, gods is spelled G-A-W-D-S. So if you're trying to research us um, on social media, hit it, with, hit it up with that. So Twitter at social or at real soccer gods, um, Instagram, soccer gods podcast, Gmail, soccer gods podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up. This is Brian and Pete. I'm Pete. That's Brian. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, and we will be back next one.